0: I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay.
1: And this is Chuck.
0: What's up to the fans of the team that sits atop the EPL table and all you other people? Leicester. This is Jay, the fan of The Gunners, and I am on this two up front episode not by myself. I'm joined by Chuck.
1: Hey, what's up, people? I recognize that Leicester is also top of the table. Arsenal by alphabetical order, and nothing else.
0: Arsenal did not score any penalties, so I feel like that is a tiebreaker as well. Uh, gosh. If it's not, it should be instituted in the EPL rules. Anyway,
1: let's go into the EPL Liverpool versus Leeds. What a bumper game like it was champion against champion. Like Leeds didn't feel inferior when they got into the pitch. Nope. When they stepped onto that hallowed ground, which is Anfield that everyone should be terrified of, because when people come to Anfield, they crumble for some reason. Uh, or oh, it's in the air. I don't know what happens. It's in the water, but Leeds not drink of that water. Leeds brought the game to Liverpool, and Liverpool had to scrape through. Like, it was was an exciting game. Uh, Liverpool somehow managed to win, but Leeds gave them as good as as they got. It's a pity that they got penalties and decided the game. But how good were Leeds, according to
0: you? The legend of Marcelo Bielsa is alive and kicking. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything that he was reported to be his Leeds team uh, certainly looked like they proved it. That team was was running all game long. Uh, they looked like a team that did not need a preseason because apparently their training sessions pretty much are a run like actual games. And and sometimes the players have reported that they're actually harder than the actual games. That they are out of breath at the end of those sessions. So they come into the first game of the season against the champions of England. They are not they are not they're not scared and they look like they have a game plan. I don't know when last I watched the game and I saw guys marking uh, man-to-man, and they were also then pressing at, at at the same time. It it really was as advertised. Um, Bamford scored a goal. Bamford, who has had Rodrigo come in to take his place because the the feeling around Bamford is that he's a championship striker and is not quite going to cut it uh, at the very top. But he scored a goal off of a mistake, by by Van Dijk. And overall, man, I, I can't help but think that Bielsa might have given the rest of the teams in the EPL the blueprint of how to play against Liverpool. I think that the one game that Liverpool may have not wanted to play as their curtain raiser to their season was against that team coached by that guy playing at that level and that intensity.
1: It might be the blueprint, but how many... Teams have the players, the tactical nuance, and the discipline to execute what Bielsa and his team did.
0: You know what I was thinking before you go? I I couldn't help but think that Pep Guardiola was sitting at home watching that and his mentor and what he put out as a game plan and just licking his chops, like, oh, okay, thank you very much.
1: I somehow doubt that. Looking at how he finished the Champions League, he must have some other ideas. Like, Pep, Pep is in his own Pep world. I mean, like, I don't know. But it, but it could be because, I mean, that is a blueprint, as you point out. I think Liverpool were exposed. Not, not too many people were expecting Leeds to come out the way they did. Uh, kudos to them. Um, I think I think another thing that we can say was exposed was Roberto Firmino. But maybe he has taken a step back in terms of his level. Maybe he's gone down a rung. Maybe he's fallen off the wagon. Maybe this, maybe that, but... One thing is certain: something's not right with Firmino. It's the same thing that he did last season all over again. Maybe that's a good omen. They're gonna win the league again when Firmino is bad. Liverpool is good because all the times he's been stellar, Liverpool have got nothing to show for it. But it was worrying, man. I, I don't like seeing Firmino play the way he did. It was it was bad for me.
0: It is worrying because if Firmino, who we have we have we have been told and we've also seen with our own eyes, is 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 integral to the way that Klopp wants to play with Liverpool, he's integral. In terms of in the absence of them having a creative midfielder um, or a classic number ten, he's the guy who doubles as that. He's the guy who comes who comes in deep from his number nine position, and he draws central defenders with him, leaving a hole for Mane and, and Salah to exploit. And we saw Salah with a hat trick on the first on the first day. What they are able to do, they are devastating when they are in those positions. And Firmino is also then the guy who leads um, the press uh, up top. So. If Firmino is not the guy who he has been uh, under the club thus far, it's worrying. Uh, it's concerning because there's there's literally no one who can come in and and perform like he does or perform as he's expected to perform. Origi is not that kind of player. Nope. Um, Alex um, Oxley Chamberlain. He it was bandied about that perhaps he might move into. That kind of a role to, to to spot for Firmino in situations where they need to rotate, but if they're forced into rotating because Firmino's form is is continues to slip, then then it, then it's troublesome because the Oxlade Chamberlain um, option is a theory at the moment. It's not something that uh, we've seen play out, and. If, if they don't have a creative midfielder to then change up their formation because Wijnaldum is not that guy. He's a box-to-box guy and he he finished the whole season last season without an assist in the league. Uh, Henderson is solid and he had a solid season, but he's not that guy either. Um, Fabinho is a, is, is, is a defensive midfielder. Cater is supposed to be that guy, but I don't quite think Cater's passing is up to par. He's good with the ball at his feet, but in terms of what I've seen him do on the pitch, I think for for, for the ideas that they had with Kato when they bought him, he's not quite translating at the moment to, to being the guy that they're expecting uh, him to be. I think
1: it is worrying when you note that about Firmino, and it is even more worrying when you look at Van Dijk's performances in terms of the mistakes, we look at the fact that they've got Joe Gomez in defence who did not look stellar at all that game you do worry, are there cracks in Liverpool's defence, uh, sorry, in their armour? Are Liverpool uh, a shadow of what they were last season? But I think, I want to stand by Klopp and my prediction of them winning the title because, I mean, I had plenty of reasons to doubt them last season, and there are plenty of reasons now to doubt them again. I think Klopp is someone who, who fixes things. Klopp is one who, who solves problems. I think with the Firmino thing, you'll make a way. I don't know. Maybe it is that Oxlade Chamberlain solution. Maybe he plays one of his kids in there. Maybe it's Amin Amino, I don't know. But I realize that although Klopp has a core side that he plays in week in, week out, he does have that odd sub and that odd player that comes in on the day for that particular um tie that 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 comes in handy. I mean when you think of a couple of seasons back in, in, in the Champions League, Milner was his go to guy. Um he, he was able to bring on Origi for that famous comeback. He was able to put on um, Trent and, and, and Robertson and, and fix those problems. And I think he's presented with the with the problem early on, which is a good thing. Um, rather find this out now at game one than in game number 20. Um, and I think Klopp is good enough to, to pull through. I mean, he's still at the transfer window as well, so he can fix. But, I mean, there are glaring problems that have been exposed by Leeds that Liverpool need to address.
0: Part of those problems being at the back um as as you note <laughs> i've been looking at joe gomez uh for a little while now and he, he looks suspect to me he looks suspect he does not look very comfortable facing up to someone who's running at him and as 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 a defensive unit right now they all look a bit disjointed because when when they move up in the line as well they they don't quite seem to be doing it together i think as much as it's concerning what, what, what they looked like um, and, and what they may project to be as the season continues, what you do have is you've got some things to fall back on. Because Van Dijk was brought in to show up a, a very obvious weakness uh, at the back with Liverpool. Mm. And he has not overnight and suddenly, even though uh, mistakes have crept into his game. I'm not certain why that is. I think it's just a concentration thing. Um, but I think Van Dijk is big enough of a player, big enough of a personality where and and it and, and I single him out because I think ultimately he's the one who marshals the defense. Because he is he is the rock in that defense and he was also he was he was responsible for a goal that was scored. And I think he'll put his hands up and whatever it is that they're going to be working on and training, he's then the guy who's going to be vocalizing it in the next game. The next game is a big game against Chelsea. And I do think they need to bring their, their, their best defensive work into that game because particularly worrying for me is when, when you're looking forward to that game against Chelsea and what we saw uh, Timo Werner do against Brighton, is if he and if Pulisic does come back as well, if they are running in that channel um, between Trent Alexander Arnold and Gomez, it's going to be a long day for the Liverpool defense because Trent, as 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 amazing as he is um, going forward in attack, he's not nearly as good as a defender. And Gomez, as I'm as I'm saying, is is looking suspect. And the two of them on the same side of the pitch, and and like facing all that pressure throughout a game, is something that should keep you up at night as a as, as a Liverpool fan. But it is the first game, and you do want to come away from a performance like that where you are put under all sorts of pressure with a victory. And the other thing that Bielza and, and and his and his and the performance of his team does do it gives you homework and some things to to work on. You
1: know. Question is: Should they really be worried, looking at what Chelsea looked like against Brighton? I mean, apart from Timo Werner, can you single out any other player worth taking note of or? rather being aware of in terms of when they get the ball, they might be deadly or they're a threat. Chelsea looked very bad on the night. I mean, sure, they got the results, they got the goals. I mean, Rich James got one heck of a screamer. That was a beautiful goal. But other than that, I mean, there was nothing about Chelsea that said to me, "Okay, I see what Frank has done in the market, and this is how this team has improved. I mean, okay, sure, most of the teams, most of the players who were playing in that team were players who were already there, and which is why check, um, Frank got the checkbook out and signed players, but Chelsea looked very, very, I don't know, tired or uninspired or disjointed, but something's wrong at Chelsea or something needs to be figured out when the new players come because they didn't look inspired at all, except for Timo Werner, as you point out. So the question is, who has more work to do when the clash finally comes between Liverpool and Chelsea?
0: Oh, I think it's Chelsea. Um, I do think it's Chelsea because Chelsea probably need time to gel. But good players should 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 perform well on the pitch. And there were, kind of, there were a couple of things that, that were clearing about Chelsea in the game against Brighton. To begin with, Havertz was playing on the right. He did not look like someone who wants to play on that side. The only explanation one can think of as to why he started there was that Frank doesn't want him to go straight into... middle of the park where there's a heck of a lot of battle and he wants him to acclimatize to the league first but i thought in watching the game that especially seeing what timo Werner is doing and timo Werner is going to score a bucket lot of goals in 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 this league because he his identification of space and then just bursting into that space is is crazy Mm. the thing that chelsea need to work on is they need to give him the ball on time um because there were a, a bunch of situations in the game against Brighton where he clearly was calling for the ball and he was clearly in a in a position where he should have received it at a particular time, but they didn't give it to him. So I thought that while Frank was, I don't know if I ever want to call it, he was experimenting or he was he, w- he was testing the waters, seeing what he actually does have. Um, of the new players, the only guys who did play was Werner and, and, and Kaya Wirtz. Um Ziyech is still out with injury. Of course, when he comes back, he's going to occupy that place on the right. And eventually... Kai Havertz has to come centrally and I don't understand for the life of me why he did not test them out centrally because that's the reason that you are going to eventually pay 100 million euros for that guy because he he's the guy that is brought in to unlock defences, to run past um, the last line of defence and to slip in those passes to Timo Werner and to also be the guy who makes the runs into the box to finish some, some of those moves. Ruben Loftus' cheek looked terrible. I don't know if he's still battling his injury. Um, the, the guy who absolutely broke my heart when I was watching that performance is N'Golo Kante. N'Golo Kante does not look like he belongs at Chelsea anymore. Um, and not because he's suddenly not become a good player any longer. But I think his time with Chelsea may have um, run its course because of what happened under Sarri. And he seems to not have come back to himself even Even me under me, the let new me coach. ask you
1: this. Of the players who were there last season, who do you think still needs to stay in the team along with these new signings? Because if you looked at Ruben Lothar's cheek, he was almost non-existent. And as far as I know, he's a box-to-box midfielder. But he was stuck somewhere up there behind Werner and he was never really in a part of the game.
0: Ross Barkley looked better than him, and that's saying something.
1: Yep. Then you look at Mason Mount. I think Mount is either a wing or a 10. Mount is playing deep. wasn't really affecting the game. Golikanti disappeared, Georgina wasn't effective. And so the question is, all these seven new signings, okay, they won't all play at the same time and some of them will be loaned out and whatever the case is. But say we start with Werner and we have Ziyech on the right, we have Pulisic on the left and we have maybe Harvest playing in the 10 role. Who of the current team or or of last season's squad do you think needs to stay and say, "I, I warrant my place in the squad and I still would make this team better?
0: The only person I think of is Kovacic. Yeah. Um, I think Kovacic when he gets over his injury problems, he comes into the team for for Jorginho. Jorginho is another one who I think I think they should actually I don't know if they are buyers for Jorginho, that's the thing. Um we did hear that Juve may have been interested, but Juve are interested in everyone, apparently. <laughs> if you go if you go by Juve are interested in Giroud. Especially as, as well. Especially
1: if you're around the age of 30. So, yeah, like... I don't know.
0: Well, Chelsea are, 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 have a youth movement going on. Over in Italy, they've got other ideas. I mean, Inter Milan are signing <laughs> a tour of Vidal, so... Uh, they're signing uh, Victor Moses, they're signing Ashley Young, Sanchez, I don't know. So, I think, coming back to Chelsea, Kovacic has to be in this team. He was... Um, apart from the times that Pulisic then came into the Chelsea team, Kovacic was the best player that Chelsea put onto the pitch consistently last season. I think he comes into this into the team. And you know what? Um, for everything that Frank Lampard might want to come out and say, and he he does seem to favour a, a formation where he plays with two pivots, but I think to myself, uh, play Kovacic, play Ziyech, play Pulisic, play Werner, play Havertz, and put all these guys on the pitch. And they are good players or they are marketed as very good players they should be able to figure it out and in terms of what chelsea seem to be doing is as i'm saying there's a youth movement going on there and i think they are in this for the long haul mm-hmm. uh it's not necessarily a situation whereby as in times past this hall of players is expected to bring them the the, the epl title this season or they expected to go and go deep in europe but i think there is there's a project here um frank lampard has been brought on to oversee that project and it involves not just guys who then have come out from the academy, but they've sourced other players from, from the continent who are exceptional in terms of their talent and they also have time on their side. And if you want to mold them into the team that is going to dominate in, in, in the EPL for years to come, you might as well start now.
1: So that's a really offensive team that you just listed. And if we let N'Golo Kante go, who do Kante would be perfect. You, you're right. But but if you if we let him go, who do we replace him with? Because I mean, Georgina's not going to make a tackle. We know that Kovacic is more box to box. Who who do Chelsea replace Singolo Kante
0: with? They replace him with Declan Rice. It's 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 the worst kept secret in the world right now that Lampard Chelsea covered Declan Rice, and that looks like it's it's a transfer that is going to happen. Um, and if it's going to happen and you want to get younger in that position as well. Kante is 29, same age as um, Hazard when he was sold to Real Madrid. And Hazard is a bill of goods that Real Madrid may want to have a refund on at the moment, it looks like. And it looks like for Chelsea, it was good business. Mm-hmm. And I think at, at at that age, and if there's a good amount of money that um, comes in for Kante, and because uh, reports suggest that Rice might cost £80 million. I have no idea why. Actually, I do know why, because it's English. It
1: definitely, that's the only reason I can think of. Because his West Ham team, is still getting thrashed by Newcastle, and you can't see what value he's bringing. But here's my question. Does FIFA have, like, a limit on the number of pl- players you can sign? Because is just signing everyone at Nascate. Like, in the interest of all fairness in football, Chelsea have been Jack, I imagine no not signing everyone as well. We only made one signing.
0: And yet you want to sign a guy for £120 million. We don't want to pay that money. That's why we're holding there's, out. And then stories still keep coming up about Thiago. And like, where the heck is this guy supposed to play? You guys are wanting to be like Real Madrid and having like seven options for three positions in pra- midfield.
1: Apparently, the former president says that we're trying to blackmail Bayern Munich, Liverpool and, and, and United, that is, into waiting for the last minute and offer a little sum for Thiago.
0: By the way, by the way, actually, weekends. like, uh, Manchester United did not play this weekend. But somehow we we, we, we keep talking about Manchester United on this podcast. Right, podca- They're right, not even, right, like, prospects. they've not even played a game. And, like, Arsenal are number one on the log, but we're not there. Just quickly, your thoughts as a Manchester United fan, considering the business that has been done or might be done as well. There are still calls for Woodward to be out uh, and the Glazers to be out. Is, is that fair? I just want to get a quick thought on you on that.
1: Um, I don't think we have glaring holes. We need to sign to improve the team. I mean, we finished third, and personally, I'd say we were unlucky in some of the ties in the semi-finals. We could have easily gone to two finals in the last, last season. So for, for calls to get him out, I don't think they're warranted. I mean, what, 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 what United are saying is that and the current uh, uh, cl- financial climate doesn't make sense to pay 100 odd million for a particular player. Maybe bring down the price to 70 or whatever, and in add-ons and in other bonuses, we can get that figure to be 100 plus. So for them to hold out and say, we're not going to play, I mean, what they speak of as well is the disharmony that it causes in the team when you have a player like Sanchez earning crazy amounts of money and then can't really show for it. Even if they can't justify it, what do you pay the players who improve? What do you pay the players who Reach that same level or give that same impact. And so they don't, you don't want to have a situation where there's someone earning buckloads of money and you've got the McTominay's and Fred's who are just getting by. It causes disharmony, so they say. So it's not warranted. I mean, yeah, we're not going to spend like the Chelsea's and the and the Cities. I've accepted that. Um, if there was anger I don't towards. know what
0: that means, by the way.
1: Buy players after players after players and then discard them and buy and discard. We, we're done with that. Us, us full Neville. But here's what i'm saying if there was calls to 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 get rid of the of the glaziers and woodward maybe two seasons ago but now i am i've become more patient um i've seen an improvement so for me i'm not calling for anyone to be sacked i just want players
0: okay i just brought that into into the episode because i don't want you to be like going content be sulking on on this show as well <laughs> <laughs> we are here to make you happy franklin partners needs to learn from me anyway actually moving on to other teams in the top six that mm. were in action this past weekend. I, I I say the big six. I say the big six. Are Tottenham still in the big six?
1: Not after that, not after that performance, like Ancelotti schooled Mourinho, like that that midfield dominated, and that midfield did all the talking for for Ancelotti. I don't know what's wrong with Tottenham. I I I would not want to call them part of the big six because they're not doing big six things. I mean. They've got all the players that would suggest they've got a new stadium that would suggest they've got the sponsorship and the salaries that would suggest they're a big team, but the way they go about their business i I don't know it's almost like they they are a, a team trying to survive relegation and I know that sounds outlandish and very 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 bold to say, but it's uh, you know you know when teams are surviving relegation they're trying their best but nothing comes together that's why they're at the bottom at trying to survive the drop they're huffing and puffing but no house is getting blown down no three points are being secured you watch harry kane when your stocks off not get the supply lucas morris runs are somewhat aimless son is trying to create but for who i don't know i mean i'm waiting for loselso to come back and maybe they look a bit stronger but with dombele there with LaMela there and the current players that they have, they, I have no reason to believe that Tottenham are going to be in, in, the, in the Champions League. I have little reason to believe that they'll be part of the top six as well. I think Ancelotti has come in for that place.
0: Yeah, someone, someone actually was asking me on Twitter, who, who does Jose Mourinho have to turn to? He doesn't have players at Tottenham. What the hell? Like... Depending on when you are looking you are looking at him, Harry Kane may be the best striker in the EPL. I'm actually he's another one who I'm concerned about. I'm actually watching him and wondering has have injuries maybe taken a toll on him. I wanna see is he gonna be healthy throughout the season and if he is, what is he gonna look like? Because when Harry Kane is on the pitch, his conversion rate in terms of like chances and goals and just how much he scores per game is is phenomenal. And then you've got uh, Son, who is, as in, as as far as individual talents go in the EPL, he's he's one of the best. He literally can take the ball by himself from halfway and go score a goal, which he did, which he's done, you know. And I'm with you in terms of I think Lascelles needs to come back. Um, when he does come back from injury, they may look a little different, but they may look better. And the thing is, they do have talent. In my opinion, they do have talent. Like, there's no reason that Ndombele should not be playing except for the fact that he's got problems with the coach. The coach, Mourinho in this case, needs to get out of his own way and literally put out the best team that he has available to him because what reason do you have a guy who, cost, who who's the club um, record signing sitting on the bench for no other reason except for the fact that something is not quite right in your relationship with the player, because he's not injured, he's not suspended. So what is the reason that he's not playing? And lost when he was lost, seen in the colours of um Olympic Lyon, he 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 was a starlet, you mm-hmm. know, and then and then you've got Steven Bergwijn who's a flyer, and I think he should be in the team a lot more often. Put these guys out there and give them a clear message. Because when you then come out at the end of the game and you say that the and and you and you criticize them as much as you criticize them like in in front of the world's media, I'm asking myself, what the heck has happened at Tottenham where you have guys who have been productive in previous seasons and you suddenly feel like they need to kick up their you know what to go perform on, on, on the weekends because you are saying the guys up front were lazy and that's a direct shot at a hurricane. It's a direct shot at a human son.
1: So the thing with Mourinho Mourinho is the problem for me. The thing with Mourinho is if you give Mourinho the keys, either he'll park the bus or he'll throw you under the bus. <laughs> so don't give Mourinho the keys. Like I, I don't get, it's game number one. Why why are you putting so much pressure on your players saying they I didn't like my team. My team were lazy during, in 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 the press. We don't need to hear that. Tell us something encouraging. I mean Marino can't do this at every team he goes at. It it doesn't make sense. He'll sulk at Madrid and say this. He'll sulk at United and say this. He'll say, su- like Marino, it's not working. Like you haven't won much <laughs> in your last couple of ten years. Change up. Be be the, the guy who encourages players. Ch- change up. I mean, I, I don't know if if, if, if John Taylor is playing for the Tottenham side that he'll come out praising Marino like he usually does it, i fight for this man, i do this for this man. I don't know if he'll do that for this 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 version of Mourinho, Mourinho has changed man he's, he's he's not the winner he's the Salka he's he's, a, he's he's the manager who would complain that this, the free kick was taken six meters ahead of where the foul happened
0: regardless of the fact that his team were lining up for that free kick anyway if that free kick was did actually take place or the foul take, took place where the ball was spotted they would have had to defend that free kick as they had to defend that free kick anyway it, so when you look at him clutching at straws like that, you you, it it sounds like to me like he doesn't have any any answers. He doesn't know what to... because th- that's the thing he can't he he can't complain about not having talent or he doesn't especially have when you look, the players.
1: Especially when you look at Arteta, who does not have as much talent as M- Marina has at his disposal, but he's making it work. I mean Arteta has built a system at Arsenal where they even the lesser talented players can come in and fit into the system. Like I saw Alnani. I asked myself, is that Elneny? <laughs> why is Alnini really back at Arsenal? But here he is playing, fitting into a system where, he, where it does not make him look bad. He's not exposed in Arteta's system. He plays well and he's part of the team. Shaka's not exposed in in in, in Arteta's system. And you ask yourself, why is then never mind from 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 a playing perspective, why is Mourinho exposing the players in terms of what they can and what they can't do? Arteta has done well so far. I mean. I was looking at them playing out from the back, and after five minutes, I, I texted you, like, Arsenal doing the Arsenal thing again. But as the game wore on, they, 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 their build-up play was good. It was assured. And the thing about Arsenal that also is, is, is somewhat of a wonder in terms of them getting three goals and then playing the way they, ha- they have, they don't have a Lucelso. They don't have a, 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 a Pulisic. They don't have a magical player who's going to turn things on a dime. But what they do have is a good goal scorer. And that good passing system ensures that the ball gets to Obama Young and Obama Young converts. So I think Arteta is doing something special and if you compare that to Mourinho, Maruño, Mourinho has got nothing to complain about.
0: I wasn't have William apparently. Hey. I did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you were asking me like how do I feel about William? I was like, hey, I think I love the guy, you know? Yeah. And you know what? It's on one level, it's concerning that your thirty two year old signing. Is looking that much better than the club record signing, who is around twenty five. But then you then start looking at that, you're thinking, well, maybe that's that that's what Pepe needed. You know, he needs the competition, and the situation at Arsenal feels hopeful because even with the mistake or the near mistake at the beginning of of the game, the thing with Arteta and his team, you look like he, th- his philosophy is a hill that that team is willing to die on because they continue playing out from the back and he continues. I actually watched um, I, w- I watched a clip on YouTube where some Sunday league team won a competition or an opportunity to be coached by Pep. It's funny because if you watch all eight minutes of that, Pep doesn't actually coach him. He comes in at the end. It's like, oh, you guys play well. I'm like, what the hell? But anyway, Pip, so so Pep is talking about playing out from the back and he says that it is something that you just have to continue to do because one there is a lot of space out there and the other thing is that the players need to get into the rhythm of it it's a rhythm thing. So mm. you don't you don't you don't you don't part ways with it because it doesn't quite work out to begin with because this Arsenal team was was shambles when Arteta came in. There wasn't uh there wasn't a defined Pattern of play That wasn't a defined style So he comes in He comes in with a philosophy And there are teething problems Obviously As any any time there's a There's a big Turnaround A big turnover But The the goal that was scored By Obama Young Looks almost precisely The same as a goal That he scored um, In the Community Shield Against Liverpool mm. And That is something If you're an Arsenal fan That should be encouraging The other thing That should be encouraging Is you look at El Elneny Who looks better than I've ever seen him In an Arsenal shirt and you start salivating at the idea that man, what if you do drop in Thomas Partey in, in in into that position? What you are hoping for is that this is not just pipe dreams. This is not something that you see in your boyhood fantasies only. But this is something that actually plays out because I do think Arsenal absolutely do have the right man at the helm. The thing then that Arsenal may not quite have um, that the other teams have at the moment is is the personnel. If you if you just swap out some of, some of those guys with with better talents, if Arteta does get the guys that he wants to bring into the team, if he does get them into the team, then then that third spot might be looking a bit interesting. It may be. You're
1: going to knock uh, City off the third spot?
0: Who's finishing in second, Jack? United.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> let, let me ask you this question, because I know you're an Arsenal fan and you watch intently has the defense improved are you happy with the level of defense or you still need a couple of games to be convinced
0: arsenal managed to win a trophy with david Luiz um in the team the defense has improved because because of what the overall because of what um the team is doing gran shaka is for me he's he really is a body but he he does offer something in terms of not necessarily protecting the back four but being as I'm saying being an extra body to help out in defense and Gabriel's debut wasn't 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 the smoothest in my opinion in terms of his his defensive output but if we go with the fact that he needs time to acclimatize the league then that's what's happening that's what's going to happen and just as a unit I think they are they're all on the same page and they're all that team does look like they want to play for the manager. If you contrast to what we're saying in terms of um, Tottenham, the Arsenal team, in fact, look like they're actually absorbing the teachings of, of their manager, and it looks like he is quite the teacher of the game of football. And it, it you see it on the pitch. Um, I think at someone, if you lost or saw Arsenal play a season and a half ago, and then you just come up from a coma and you see them playing now, you'd be able to tell that something is... Different, they're a little more sturdy. I mean, you can go to Fulham and the newly promoted team, and you have the confidence that they they're not going to embarrass you. You know, as has happened on some <laughs> travels in recent seasons.
1: Actually, uh, Arsenal Arsenal's away record was abysmal. It's it's, it's 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 better as you say. Um, that's all I have. I mean, I'm looking forward to the footballing weekend.
0: My last question before we go, actually, do yeah. you do you see a Everton? Disturbing that
1: big six. Everton have disturbed that big six. I think you can chuck Tottenham away, lock lock the door, and never hear from them again, because Mourinho's just gonna drown that team deeper and deeper in, into a miserable place. Uh, wh- what I saw from the Everton team was 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 the best midfield performance the weekend. Yeah, I mean. When I looked at Gomez, and it's crazy, they're all new players. Yeah, and I looked at, I mean, when, when Ancelotti was asked, "Were you surprised at how well they clicked? It was like, good players don't need to be told much to get together in jail. So for me, when I look at Gomez, Decore, Alan, uh James Rodriguez, who was their star signing, it all looked good. And I mean, I think if you can plug that midfield into any jersey this weekend, they would have won that game. They looked that good for me. So I think Ancelotti is onto something. I think he's a man who studied his team, knows exactly what his team needed, and he was able to get the right pieces. And I don't know if he's done signing players, but he's got the right pieces. I think they 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 creep into the top six. I mean, I, for me, it was it was just a thought last week, but after the okay, game, seeing that yeah, it's a big call, I, I but to be a believer.
0: again, as we as we continue saying, these are our reactions, these are takes after just one set of games. But as well, uh, I'm not a fan of James Rodriguez because of his time in Real Madrid, as you know. But I must say, Mm -hmm. that's the best I've ever seen him uh, play a game of football. And Ah, I I must say, like. (laughs) <laughs> I've not been a fan of him Because I honestly And I, I said this to you That I, I For the longest time I thought that guy was A one tournament merchant like Because thing, of the, the things thing That he did at the 2014 World Cup And I the amazing goal That he Hamish, scored
1: We watch different things Like whenever I see him Apparently Because whenever I've seen him put on, put on a Real Madrid shirt He'd come on and he'd play I, I wouldn't say oh, This guy needs to come off I've never called for him To come off
0: I have multiple times before, and mm. I'm I'm not sad about the fact that we offloaded him, and he he does look good. Um, where well, he looked good in his first game in an Everton shirt. Mm. I I was watching the game. I was thinking to myself. I think um I would like to see him um play a little closer to the strikers, and in terms of the strikers for my FPL team, I I need Richarlison to score. Like my man, you can't go around a keeper, and there's an like an open post I'm in front of you. And 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 you have a convulsion and you but just think, fall over.
1: I think that real test for Everton is against other opposition. Tottenham, yeah, I mean, yeah, they are a big name, but something's wrong with Tottenham. I think if they, I think Leicester might
0: actually also finish above Tottenham this season. I think it's going to be a long season for Tottenham. And me as an Arsenal fan, I am loving it. I am absolutely loving it.
1: No, Tottenham and, and Leicester can forget about it
0: right chuck um i think looking forward are coming into for are coming for that see spots. there's wolves as well to contend with and yeah it's going to be an exciting season um, about
1: fantasy Enuno hey, no please play nevis, he's in my team
0: my guy he's in both of our teams like he can't just become you know what like if we go into this like fpl talk maybe we'll have an episode about fpl one of these good days uh, there's a good weekend coming up The two Manchester teams are in action They mm. they weren't playing this past weekend Because according to Chuck The big teams were given an extra weekend off Because of the exploits in Europe We score
1: four <sighs> Quote that next uh, week uh, oh,
0: Please, okay, thank you it's, <laughs> it's on record The thing is, like, it's on record And we'll play back the tape you need If to we vote. need to And then obviously the game of the weekend Chelsea, Liverpool Who's your pick in that?
1: Oh, it's definitely Liverpool I don't see Lampard
0: you think it's going to be a, like a game, a game of many goals
1: though. 2-0 to Liverpool.
0: Oh wow. You don't have them scoring at all. That's interesting. I think I think in my think
1: 3-1, 3-2 to Liverpool. I think I think Werner scores in this I mean in if Keppers didn't goal, then Liverpool are definitely still scoring.
0: Oh yeah, and Frank Lampard came out and I suppose he has to because of the coach he came out and said he's happy with Kepa. I saw Kepa coming to I don't know what he was coming to do because I I know that he jumped and I know he had his fist <laughs> in the air. But I'm not quite certain what was, what, what was his intention, but the outcome was not at all as he thought it out. And I'm like, this guy has to go with Chelsea. If Chelsea have any kind of hopes of doing anything in the league, like...
1: Last question, because, I mean, we're allowed to have questions and thoughts. It's our sure. show. Is it harder for a striker than a keeper just to shake a funk? Because Firmino's been in one for a long time. Keepers tend to be in a funk for a long time and never really
0: recover. What would you say? I think so because um there's a lot less that you can do as a keeper on an action in, in an actual game whereas as 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 an outfield player we can we can try hide you in certain situations and we can also try get you on the ball a lot more if maybe that's what you need um there's a lot more action and a lot more opportunity for you to actually play yourself out of that funk whereas in in goal Again, Kepa comes to that, into that game and he has another shot out of um, from outside the box that is converted against him. And immediately you hear the commentators talking about he should have done better, he should have done better. I don't know necessarily if he should have done better against the shot, but like if you're going to be facing guys who are just going to be... They know. Like Teams, teams are coming into games against Chelsea and they know. Mm-hmm. Put it in the air. And try your luck from outside the box because the statistics will, will tell you that you are bound to score a goal soon. Because Karras
1: never recovered and you and Klopp had to ship him off. So And that's happen. what's
0: going to eventually happen to Chelsea.
1: Hey, will you come here with us and go? Uh, guys, it's two up front. Catch us on Iono, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. From Jay,
0: I'm Audi. <laughs>